It's Thursday, it's Splash Play, and boy is this a treat. No more USC blanket spags. You have arrived at your new home. I am at my new home. There's probably a slight echo for everybody out there, but we're going to push through it because it's a Thursday Splash Play. We're going to have a viewer guest on the show. We're going to build our low ball lineups with that viewer guest. We're also going to catch up on all the news. Talk about Thursday night football. Patriots, Falcons, no Cordero Patterson. Pete, what are we going to do besides hit that intro? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spags, joined by your friend and mine, Peter Overzet. How are you doing, Pete? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, I like Thursdays. Thursdays are fun and feel like we're heading toward the end of the week. I look forward to uh, doing a showdown, uh, some showdown contests. Uh, Lowball has legitimately become uh, one of my favorite things to do each week to the point, Spags. You know I fly by the seat of my pants. I, I will just come clean right now. I did like eight minutes of prep for low ball draft today. <laughs> That's eight minutes more than I did, Pete. As you know, I like to fly by the seat of my pants too. And I will, in fact, be doing that today. But I guess that just shows the difference between us where you've been winning low ball. You are calling yourself the low ball king I saw on Twitter as well. So I feel like you now have to bring your A game if you are going to declare yourself to be uh, the fealty of low ball. Yeah, you know, I do famously have the lowest score in splash play lowball history, despite what Brian Schultz uh, in his agenda that he's trying to push here. But uh, speaking of lowball, um, we are going to get one of you guys on the show with us. Uh, you know, doing the chat uh, version was good, but I feel like uh, we need to get someone up here on the stage. So I'm going to post this tweet once more. Mm -hmm. Spags, I say we give him about five more minutes. If you're free in about the next half hour, and you want to come on stream and draft a lowball team against us, retweet that tweet. I'll add your name to the wheel, and we'll spin it here uh, in about five or so minutes. Yeah, so go check out the link. It's also in the YouTube chat. I think you have to copy and paste it because I'm not a mod on Pete's channel, which honestly just feels disrespectful, Pete. I'm still a mod on Osmo's channel. No, I told you. Of... That's the whole thing with StreamYard now is I made you oh, I can post. I, but Yeah, but I have different computers. It's over here now. So don't say like, oh, I'm a mod on Osmo's channel. No, you're a mod on this channel. I technically, I suppose, but I am part of uh, Pete's StreamYard team. We have a squad here. Also, my dog just barged the door open here on the studio. So that's uh, a very professional environment we have going. But let's get the plugs out of the way because that's the kind of thing I do professionally each time. Go to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. 99 cents a week will get you all the data on there, including DVOA. Our boy Aaron Schatz had an appearance on ESPN's Daily Wager this week. So they're also getting their, their bona fides in the betting game. But go check it out. Footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Lots of great data on there to Again, it's 99 cents a week. Also, make sure to follow at Splash Play Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Also, check out our Apple podcast feed and give us five stars and a review because I think next week we're going to go back to that as the primary way to give it away because we got a few more reviews trickling in, people trying to make me happy across the cross-country drive. And that's what makes me uh, want to give back to them. So we'll get the viewer guests from the Apple podcast page next week. So go leave us five stars and a review on there and we'll get you guys in the mix. And again, make sure to retweet that link right now or retweet that tweet rather you want to be on today's low ball show. But Pete, we got some news, and I feel like we got to talk about tonight's game up front because there were two news items that came up. Uh, Damian Harris expected to play tonight after Ramondre Stevenson's big breakout game. And I guess the question for you, Pete, is are you willing to play either guy tonight in GPPs given that their price tag's both elevated and it seems like it should be, you would think, a 50-50 timeshare after Ramondre looked so good last weekend. 
Yeah, this is an interesting situation. I, I feel like as far as, you know, projections go, this might be one of the more fragile situations because I don't think any outcome would surprise me if Damian Harris came back and got 20 carries and Ramondre was barely playing. That wouldn't surprise me if Bill Belichick just rode the, the hot hand and on the short week just barely used Damian Harris and Ramondre got 20 touches. That wouldn't surprise me. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting for uh, showdown slates, but I agree with you. My lean is that this will be more of a split backfield tonight and that Ramondre will get a decent amount of burn. I think one thing I feel confident about is Belichick loves Damian Harris around the goal line. Uh, I think he'll still have that role pretty much locked up, but I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of Ramondre between the 20s. And I know you are, of course, partnered with Run the Sims, our pal Justin Freeman, running simulations on there where you can build your own projections. You can use the ones that they provide uh, straight out of the box, updated with the latest information. Um, with those Sims, Pete, obviously you don't want to give too much away, but is there a lean that the Sims are giving right now for Damian Harris versus Ramondre with uh, price tags that are pretty much even on DraftKings? 8800 for Damian Harris tonight in the showdown, 8600 for Ramondre. Yeah, uh, it's funny you asked that too about Justin. So the Sims do prefer Damian Harris, but Justin uh, was pretty low on Ramondre heading into Sunday, even when uh, Damian Harris was a scratch and Ramondre was up. So I'm going to have to go check uh, Freeman's inputs here, and he might be a little heavier on Harris than maybe I would be. But yeah, as of right now, I'm seeing 30% uh, Damian Harris and 18% Ramondre in the optimal flex. But I will give one more nugget here and then we'll, you know, we'll save um, a majority of the Sim stuff for the showdown cram tonight. But your boy, Mike Davis, is absolutely popping in the Sims right now. Fine. You know why? Because no Cordero Patterson, which is the other news item. Uh, he is a game time decision reportedly, but uh, trending towards not being in the game has been very limited in practice this week was the stuff that I was reading. And this is an interesting one, Pete, because Wayne Gallman's price tag went up and it's kind of a false flag because I don't know how closely you're, I know you're actually tracking snap counts pretty closely. So you're probably aware of this, but, but Gallman down the stretch, he actually did end up beating Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson in snaps, but all those Gallman snaps came in blowout time. And I feel like the DK pricing was just like, oh, Gallman getting snaps. Finally, Mike Davis passed up. Now Mike Davis is cheap and he's actually going to have the workload. And I can't wait to see how he's going to disappoint us tonight. Yeah, this is going to be a real interesting spot for, for showdown. Yeah, because I see, uh, you know, Justin here has Mike Davis projected for 50%, 57% market share of rushing and Gallman at 32%. So based on that, you would expect their prices to be flipped. Mike Davis would be the 8,400 guy and, and Gallman would be 5,800. So this is going to end up being uh very chalky Mike Davis, I would imagine. And Wayne Gallman's kind of the pay up to be contrarian play. Yeah. We also have an interesting Cordell Patterson stat coming up when we do numbers don't lie, where I give Pete three stats, two of them are true. One is false. And I think we'll be intrigued to hear the Cordell Patterson one, but as anybody will know, if you followed obviously fantasy at all this year, Cordell Patterson, one of the big surprises, and he's been dominating the, the yardage share, the target share, the market share overall for the Falcons. So him being out is a really huge one. And uh, we are going to build a lineup as well for Thursday night football, but definitely uh, some interesting machinations going into tonight in a game where honestly, I feel like Pete, I, we're obviously going to talk about the game in a little bit more, but feels like the Falcons are just going to get smoked here, right? The Patriots have been blowing everybody out and the Falcons are coming off a blowout. I just feel like it's it's not great here, at least, you know, if you're to take things on their face. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like that. The Pats are six and a half point uh, road favorites, which is, is pretty significant if we assume normally the home team's getting about three points there. So if the Pats were at home, you know, nine and a half, 10 point favorites in this spot, it does seem like a, a really bad spot for 
the uh, the Falcons and Matt Ryan too. Um, you know, the the Patriots defense has looked pretty good. They've given um, a lot of quarterbacks trouble lately. And Matt Ryan is just so devoid of weapons right now. And if they don't have Cordero Patterson, I mean, they are really going to be hard up. And what is the Belichick thing? He takes away your best option. So I assume Kyle Pitts will get doubled for most of the night and he's going to make, you know, Olamide and Russell Gage beat him. Oh, I thought you were going to say they're going to send uh, a pass rusher over at Mike Davis. Also keep a spy on Mike Davis everywhere he goes. Cause yeah, you got to shut down the primary weapon. I have a feeling that Bill Belichick will be absolutely begging the Falcons to run Mike Davis up the middle all night. <laughs> Speaking of uh, shitty players who have important roles, Jared Goff going to be out or maybe uh, maybe out this week. He hasn't practiced so far. Tim Boyle is actually I was going to damn it. I was going to ask you who the backup was in Detroit. You might know this already, but Tim Boyle's the backup. I didn't taking, know that. <laughs> so, damn it. Taking the first team reps. I guess I didn't make you look bad. So that's the kind of supportive show we have. But Jared Goff out beat the Lions with a, a 17 point implied total for them are you willing to play some tim boyle for yourself really any lines at this point i feel like maybe deandre swift you can make the case for getting a lot of checkdowns or i guess tj hawkinson so i'm talking myself in already to playing some lines against cleveland what would you do if jared goff does end up out yeah that's uh an interesting one i deandre swift is it was looking like he was going to be fairly popular and, and kind of makes sense with his workload right now he just has such a high floor and then he you know he's coming off of a 33 carry game i mean hawkinson is going to be terrifying to go to coming off the bagel he's priced up like hawkinson is 5700 um that's really expensive he would make a, a pretty good low ball pick if i uh if i might add um so yeah i don't think anyone's going to be excited to play uh, Lions in this spot. And yeah, DeAndre Swift is probably the only one that will be still project decently with a backup quarterback. In that same game, Baker Mayfield is practicing or was expected to practice today. And I think he's been in uh, based on reports that I did not see earlier, but I did see one this morning saying that he was going to practice in that same game. Nick Chubb also expected back from the COVID list. Uh, so Pete, how do you feel about the Browns in this spot going against Detroit a spot where basically the chalk has been every single week, somebody going against Detroit, Najee Harris last week. I think even some of the Steelers receivers picked up a little steam for also pretty decently owned a tight end. Are you willing to trust any Browns? And also I'm going to get up and close my door in the hopes that it sort of stymies the echo throughout apparently the entire house go for it um i think uh one thing that's interesting is nick chubb is still on the covid list the uh, kevin stefanski said he's trending in the right direction um i assume that means he's had you know one of his first negative tests and just needs a second one but that'll be something interesting to monitor there i think uh chubb will obviously be a great play he's kind of interesting for dfs because he is pretty expensive up there at 7,800. And, you know, I think a lot of people would just rather play some of those wide receivers uh, if they're going to be kind of paying up in that range or, you know, going to a McCaffrey or so that Chubb's going to be an interesting one to me. But I, I mean, the only other, you know, guy I think really in consideration would be, um, Jarvis Landry. Uh, there, there just has been not a lot of consistent production in their passing game about that. I guess if you want to get excited about a low owned Donovan Peoples Jones, maybe you could do that because, you know, Detroit has been getting in a lot of these back and forth, but Jarvis Landry at 5,100 on DraftKings um, looks pretty good to me in this spot. 
Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones banged up, so hopefully we'll get back in uh, according to some of the reports there, but we'll see how that goes, and certainly if he's not in. Targets have to go somewhere, and uh, the Cleveland, uh, we've talked about it a lot, just injury stymied in a way that's really hard for any team to get there, and somehow they're trying to push through it, but it's I feel like at a certain point, it's going to catch up with them. And Pete, I know you wrote about some stuff in the Fantasy Life newsletter. You talked about Elijah Mitchell. We also have the Cardinals, Kyler Murray not practicing yet, DeAndre Hopkins not practicing yet. Any other major injuries for you that you feel like we need to be tracking heading into tomorrow? Yeah, I was looking through those, um, you know, not a lot uh, that's popped up yet. Chris Carson still not practicing. Uh, Chase Claypool returned to a limited practice uh, today, which is which is exciting. I was kind of worried he might be out longer than that. Uh, Kyler returned to a limited practice today, so I do think he's trending in the right direction, but DeAndre Hopkins is still out. So uh, probably another week without Hopkins. I mean, he just hasn't practiced or played in weeks now, Dallas Goddard, um, who left the game with a concussion last week, he isn't practicing, and I think he's kind of in doubt. Um, you mentioned Kamara. He returned to a limited practice today. Um, uh, oh, the other one, interesting, that we were talking about the Lions, and maybe it makes us less excited about DeAndre Swift, is Jamal Williams was back at practice mm-hmm. as well. So that was definitely helping boost uh, DeAndre Swift's numbers there a bit. Those are those are the big ones. There's some kind of veteran rest stuff like Marquise Brown didn't practice, but um, most of the big stuff um, is, is kind of settled. And of course we will have some more updates on tomorrow's show talking about whatever the latest practice reports are. So maybe some surprise scratches like there've been the last few weeks. So we'll be doing that. And it's worth pointing out too. We are going to have our guest on tomorrow's going to be Cooter Doodle who Pete, I only know through social media. Like I've, I've seen some of the stuff. Obviously she does great work from the fantasy life handle. Of course, which you do the things for the email newsletter. She does a social. So a great tag team one, two punch that they have there. I don't know her real name. I don't know if, is that something that's known out there? Do I have to call her Cooter Doodle throughout the entire show? It's really funny too, because I'm on some more like back end like business emails with her and she had to uh, create a separate name because she has her, a cooter doodle in her regular email address. Uh, I, I think it's uh, known that her name is Amanda uh, publicly, but okay. uh, I still call her cooter doodle because it's just more fun. It is more fun. So that'll be our, our first female guest too. So Pete, we finally, we've had that no girls allowed sign with some letters spelled backwards, written in crayon on our little boys club house here on splash play and finally the gender barrier the sex barrier whatever we're gonna call it has been broken here on the show so uh do we give ourselves a pat on the back as well for that i uh, probably not a pat of the back probably a tiss tiss for not doing it earlier well you know what Pete? we've had a, we've had diversity in just, up, just, just stops facts she's very sharp i'm excited to have ron honestly very funny and i enjoy having people that i haven't done shows with on who are amusing and um her battle versus aj dylan is one that you should check out on her handle at cooter doodle on social media as well uh, Pete, do you, are you ready to do the low probability crystal ball or should we do numbers don't lie first? Or actually, should we do the drawing first? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we're going to do the drawing here. Let me see if any extra uh, tweets or retweets came in here and then I will pull up the uh, sheet. It looks like we are sticking with our crew here. You guys, I see three names. So we have, we have Roto Run. We have Silas, we have Iceman, we have our accountant Willis, we have Electric Snuff, and we have Brian Schultz, former lowball contestant. So uh, pretty nice odds here, Spags. Tell me how many times to shuffle. Um, I Three. Also, do we have the slapstick guy? Sla- yeah, okay, he's on there, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, because he's a guy that I followed on social media for a while because I think he because he's verified and I was like, oh, he's, and he seems pretty nice. I don't know anything about that guy besides the fact that I follow him and I know he, we occasionally like each other's tweets, so I'd be excited to get him. On oh the- my goodness, Brian got his wish. <laughs> he got his wish. 
The, the star of Island Mortgage wins again. This is not fixed either. I feel like, if anything, I was willing to get somebody else in the mix so Brian can't continue to pester us about low wall. But I guess Brian's got to be back on the show. And and Pete, are you ready for the challenge? You guys have been talking shit to each other about who's yep. the true low ball king. And I guess we're going to find out this week. See, I am torn because I would like to get uh, more new people on the <laughs> show, but I also want to uh, beat uh brian he thinks that just because he won that week that he's the king and yet i have the lowest score uh in low ball history so we're gonna settle it once and for all and this is why i did research i was secretly hoping brian would win and that i could crush him at this game um yeah, I, was I, also for think, Go ahead. I think we're also now that we're getting to this point of kind of upping up our game theory and stuff we're gonna have to do a proper drawing for draft slots for this i'm not letting just Ooh. randomized uh slots uh or you know just default slot stick i love seeing when your competitiveness starts to ratchet up i think that's yeah the most fun here i will say i was rooting for slapstick i was rooting for silas i feel like silas has been one of our loyal guys in chat and you can see his disappointment here saying damn it rigged <laughs> the chat and uh silas look i, I think you left a uh, apple podcast review you're good we're gonna get everybody in the mix here at some point i just think yeah well i'll we'll say this that uh <laughs> brian's gonna remove from the wheel after this one <laughs> yeah two appearances and you're done no third time's the charm here on Spotify flash play but we like brian here we'll have him back on so brian schultz step on up pete what your choice now numbers don't lie or low probability crystal ball um let's yeah let's do numbers don't lie Okay, so let's do numbers don't lie. Of course, one of our games here where I'm going to read three stats. Two of them are true. One is one that I made up entirely. And Pete, uh, explain to the people here the mind games. Honestly, I feel like there have been less mind games this year. You've actually been sniffing me out pretty well, I think, the last few weeks. Yeah, I feel like I kind of, I'm on to your bullshit. And it's time for a new meta. Uh, because you can't help but, you know, putting me in these weird spots where the wrong answer is also like a dig at a player I like. And so, you know, maybe just evolve a little bit, Spags, because I'm on to you. I'm hoping I did this week. So hit that like button, whether you're watching on Peach channel or the Splash Play channel. We do appreciate it a bunch. Helps us get seen by more people, which we need as football interest does start to wane a little bit for the fantasy shows down the stretch. So help us out. Show a little love. Hit that like button if you can. And of course, subscribe to both channels. But first game up or first stack here up in numbers don't lie. Eagles coach Nick Sirianni recently said Miles Sanders will be the starter whenever he's good to go. But Sirianni's love for Jordan Howard has to be acknowledged. Howard's 65% intended touch rate, how often the team feeds in the ball relative to his snap count, is highest in the league amongst regular rotational players, ahead of even top picks like Derrick Henry with a 58.8% intended touch rate and Christian McCaffrey with a 53.3% rate. Pete, how does that sound to you? That sounds very real to me. The Eagles have basically had kind of a philosophical switch these past few weeks uh, since kind of involving Jordan Howard more. And he's... Uh, touching the ball a ton. I know he's still kind of splitting with Boston Scott, but that, that rings true to me. All right. Another stat here. Nick Chubb is expected to return this week. And while he's a game breaker as a runner, he also has one other interesting stat to his name. Chubb has caught every ball thrown his uh, way this year so far on his paltry 1.1 targets per game among players who actually play with regularity. Chubb shares that perfect honor with guys like Wayne Gallman, Deonta Foreman, and Chris Carson. Pete, does that sound true to you that Nick Chubb is catching everything thrown his way so far this year? It does. That does make sense to me. He doesn't get targeted that often, but when they do, it's normally, you know, kind of more simple screen pass type stuff or design screen passes. So that one also seems real to me. There might be some little fudging with the numbers there, but directionally that seems accurate. 
And the last stat here, and then Pete will guess which two are true and which one is a lie. Cordero Patterson's potential absence tonight could be a big one for a Falcons team that could get dusted. Patterson's emergence this year is obvious, but his 39.5% total yard share for Atlanta is the highest in the league. Also ahead of elite backs previously mentioned, like Christian McCaffrey and Derrick Henry, who have 39.3% and 39.2% of their team's total yardage per game. Pete, you've heard all the stats. I feel like no nobody who you like that much here was referenced today. So which stats are true and which one's a lie? Man, you did a good job with these this week. You can tell I'm finally getting some sanity back, being in a house, having warmth, <laughs> having not being a dog diarrhea to death on the diarrhea to death on the road. Boy, that's a tough one. Diarrhea to death on the road. Yeah, diarrhea to death. I mean, how have you not said that a million times in your life? Uh, I, man, that's tough because you didn't overwrite any of these like mm-hmm. you usually do, where you're kind of doing a heat check, you know, with your Jeopardy applications. Man, Aaron Rodgers both. So they all seem fairly true to me. Just maybe something seems slightly off with the Nick Chubb one. Um, I do think Cordell Patterson has been that big of a part of the Falcons uh, offense. So I will say the Nick Chubb one is the lie. It is, in fact, the Cordell Patterson that is the Ooh. lie. Um, he's actually has had a pretty big share, but only 26.6% of his team's total yardage. So he's not quite in the tier of those guys. See, what did you yeah. say it was? Uh, twenty nine point nine. Actually, no. Excuse me. Uh, twenty six point six percent. And what was the? What's the actual highest? The what was uh, the, the actual point? highest? Would be McCaffrey at thirty nine point three percent, and then Derrick okay. Henry is at thirty nine point two percent, right behind. Yeah, him. I I would have thought he was up there with them. Just how much he's been involved in both the run and pass game. Touche. Yeah, he is uh, number 13 overall in total yardage shares. So guys ahead of him include McCaffrey, Henry, Jonathan Taylor. I'm just going to list them all. Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, Depot Samuel, Najee Harris, David Montgomery, Nick Chubb, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Swift, Devontae Adams, Dalvin Cook, and then Cordero Patterson, which really just one of the more baffling fantasy years ever. And I hope he gets healthy down the stretch. Like, I feel like it's kind of a bummer if this year gets kind of lost to the abyss because of him getting hurt. And then we see, you know, Gallman and Mike Davis as the Falcons sort of lose their way. But uh, yeah, Patterson still uh, number 13 overall. Can't complain about that no uh yeah i went like i i was tilting the other day thinking about cordell patterson because it's basically his positional designations are kind of opposite of how i'd want like i wish during draft season that he was available um as a running back like on underdog i would have drafted him way more as as a late round running back whereas wide receiver i was just kind of like eh. and then in dfs he's listed as a running back when I would prefer to use him as like a wide receiver uh, in that. So it's just been uh, frustrating. <laughs> the designations aren't exactly how I would like. Pete, also, you mentioned underdog, and I just got to give myself, I know we don't talk about NFL best ball teams, but I don't think you've set or the government hasn't set any legal guidelines for uh, NBA best ball teams. Uh, that underdog tournament I mentioned, you know, did yeah. Phil ended up with, I think, 30K entries out of 55K they were going for. I feel like I'm pretty live to win it all. I know we got a lot of months left. It's uh, April, I think, is when that one wraps up. Um, but I, and I'll have a newborn child then, so hopefully that'll come in handy. But my teams are crushing. I have like 10 first-place teams, two second-place teams. How, and many, how all, many teams did you make? Uh, 25, I think, or 23. Oh, so that's an insane uh, advance in first-place rate then. If you're yeah, so I'm feeling good about it. I mean, like I've always said NBA, my strong suit. Obviously, we uh, I try to do my best for NFL as well. But um, that underdog best ball tournament, I feel like, again, whenever you have a best ball tournament on underdog and you see it having potential to overlay, just jump in there. And um, I know the NFL, they have no problem filling. But NBA, they were not able to. And I feel like as a result, I might be able to waltz in and <laughs> steal 50K. It, it's, it's a bummer that I feel like, you know, if 
it was during the off season or didn't overlap with, uh, with NFL stuff as much, I would have had fun trying to dive into those streets. Uh, but it was fairly intimidating to me to juggle it and become an NBA thought leader on the fly. But, uh, I am very much, uh, rooting for you to, uh, to take that down. As we always do on the show, we root for each other more than anything. And Nick Bird saying, did I get a lot of Miles Bridges exposure? Yes. In fact, Miles Bridges and DeJounte Murray are both very big parts of my NBA uh, lineups where I, you know, uh, I will say my strategy for NBA best ball is trying to capture uh, teams that had some changes going on and guys that also had late season surges. So uh, Bridges and Murray both fit that criteria and they both are paying off in a, a major way so far. But we'll talk more about that as we get closer to April. I wish it were sooner. That's the, that's the one thing. It's tough to it's tough to wait until April if you have a shot at winning money. There's, there's a reason why a lot of the high volume DFS players don't get super into best ball because they don't want to tie up their money for that long. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I'm tying up a bit though. I'll tell you what, Pete, gambling pretty big. <laughs> I'm in a legal sports betting state and got going to have a uh, 500 bucks on the lines today on DK Sportsbook. And You're already firing hard the second you cross the state lines. <laughs> Plus EV betting, Pete, track pin. I will say, I actually mentioned this on Twitter to some people when they were asking me about the one night I had. Well, I went five and one yesterday too with mostly prop bets, but uh, track and pinnacle lines and then comparing, you know, the ones at DK Sportsbook, whatever the legal sportsbook are. Um, I'm going to, I mean, there's sites out there that do this. So I don't want to give them the free plugs because I also don't want to ruin my own shot at winning money. But um, that's been something that's been really good to me. And I, I know, Pete, uh, you love betting too on bet spurts, but I do think just tracking the the differences between the sharpest sportsbook in the world, which is pinnacle and some of the other lines is definitely something that I would recommend to anybody out there. How does your pregnant girlfriend feel that you're spending, you know, $500 a, a bet here on the DK Sportsbook, but you're making her sleep on a mattress on the ground right now? <laughs> to, be, to be clear, it's a brand new Lisa mattress. It's, a, it's in fact the Lisa legend, the highest level of mattress you can get from Lisa. But no, she's actually, she's one thing that I will say for her, and it does help that I've won 50K on DraftKings while while we've been dating and been, you know, living together. But she's also been very supportive. I know it's, I presume it's the same with you and Lauren, right? Uh, yeah, but how much of a advantage do you think you have betting sides on DraftKings? Uh, I mean, uh, enough that I, I, I will tell her when I win, <laughs> I will tell her how much I will be doing, but, um, yeah, I, I will talk more about that process in the weeks to come. Cause I actually want to build something that I can use that I might uh, let other people use too, just for funsies with one of my little programmer friends. Cause legal betting, very fun. If you can do it out there as, as, as Pete has pointed out previously, as our overlords at edge sports have told us, we got to talk about betting five to 10 times cool. per show. I was talking with Brian last night on Lulz how I'm just still tilting so hard that uh, we don't have legalized sports betting in mass yet. And it's just, it's very frustrating uh, to not be able to go and bet all these props when they, they pop up. So I will stick to my underdog pickums and my NFL sides uh, for now, but excited to get in those deeper into the prop streets. Yeah, and the monkey knife fight one too. I know you had in the fantasy life newsletter, but over one and a half yards. Like, you know, take those easy ones, see on those sites while you can. And then when legal betting comes, then hopefully you can sharpen up and hopefully they don't they don't close the gaps that idiots like me are able to, <laughs> to seize on right now. But Pete, it's that time. Are you ready to do a little low probability crystal ball? The first one here in my my new echoey room. I need to get my shawl. Oh, of course. We have to have the shawl here. We couldn't do proper pronostication without our shawls on our heads because it is a low probability crystal ball time where we will take a gander into our crystal balls and determine some low probability outcomes that could potentially win you a lot of money or perhaps lead you to some glory this fantasy weekend. Sorry, I was putting on. I'm now an old lady. I, I am no longer a gypsy. I'm a timid old lady. The season 
has aged me many years, Spags, and now My, I am committed to this Your delicate voice. old lady skin means you have to wear a blanket at all times because they get very thin, varicose skin. I just, I just finished my minestrone soup <laughs> for lunch, and I dipped my Ritz crackers in it, and now I'm ready to look into the future and tell you low probability events that actually have a high occurrence of happening. <laughs> I'm also doing. I'm also doing my. I mean, I'm not doing old lady. Don't anymore. break <laughs> character, you hack. I'm also doing my sexy one eye over one eye shawl look that everybody has told me could get me on people's sexiest people list, or at least people's sexiest suicides list. Pete. You are. You know, I probably wouldn't pick you out of a lineup of the hottest gypsies, but you have your flattering moments, and I will say the background is. Accents you well. You look you look very nice. <laughs> the nicest thing ever said on Splash Play. Didn't foresee that in the crystal ball. But one thing I did foresee in the crystal ball, Pete, has applications to our showdown lineups tonight. I foresee a man that nobody thinks of, a man who quite frankly has one of the most generic names in football. But tonight, I think one Lee Smith will in fact be in the millionaire make a winning lineup on DraftKings. No Hayden Hurst tonight. He can't go. Lee Smith stealing a target here as Bill Belichick takes away Kyle Pitts. Don't play him at captain, but I do think save some money with him and perhaps go to the pay window. I thought that this was the, the low probability event, not the events that have 0% chance of happening. What What is wrong with you, my dear gypsy lady? You're not the fairest looking of them and not the brightest of them, are you? <laughs> so you said one nice thing and then had to immediately go back to making me feel terrible in my furnitureless home. Thank you, Peter, as a true gypsy should live, but I will yield the floor to you and you are much less profitable, Chris. The ball. Uh, well, I would say something like Josh Reynolds scores 200 yards, but I'll save that for you because I know you love those kind of takes. Here, I will give you one. I will give you one. I am old enough to remember when Michael Hardman was thought to be a relevant fantasy option in the Chiefs lineup. And of course, the team is playing Dallas and what we call a shootout this week, Spags. And uh, an interesting development that I saw, I actually don't believe in this hogwash, okay? I believe that there is one true creator and that everything we do in our life is already preordained, including Byron Pringle scoring 100 yards and a touchdown because he has now flipped Miko Hardman. He played a season-high snaps. He ran a season-high 67% of routes, and I now believe that he is perfectly set up, as the Lord intended, to score a touchdown in this game. So you're a religious old lady, it seems, and really, with the bits are going crazy, people are asking, they thought we were Italian, says Bible Book Club, and in fact, you're now an old woman and a character that we never even agreed to. <laughs> I just really want to be honest to the character and to what I believe in. And I believe that God has our best will in mind. And that once Pringle pops on Sunday, Spags, the fun isn't going to stop. <laughs> oh, 
Okay, fair enough. Like you're taking this bit in new interesting directions, including outdated spokespeople lines. But I, I suppose if that's the way you want to go, I'll stick to my traditional crystal ball type plays. And I will say this weekend, Peter, Deonta Foreman will also be in a millionaire make a winning lineup. And in fact, I'm just giving people millions of dollars left and right because my crystal ball, the one thing that survived the road. And I will say, Peter, Deonta Foreman is popping up very prominently here. I could see him, his muscle body. Oh, I just want to, oh, no, we're not doing, I'm going to give it kisses like you do on the Monday bit. Mm -mm -mm. This, this is disgusting and your behavior disturbs me. I don't know how you have made it this long as a host on a show that broadcasts three times a week. I'm the first fucking woman you've ever even had on. You disgust me. What, cobweb cooter doodle? Is that what you said today? Please do not refer to our guest tomorrow with such a derogatory term as cobweb cooterdoodle. The only thing I see cobwebs on are your fucking dusty ass pigs. Forgive me, Lord. I did not mean to say such a word in the presence of 36 live viewers. Oh, my. That many people watching me? I'm blushing. Oh, worshiping at the altar of your terrible picks, Peter. So give them one more, Nana Pete, before we hit the road and get Brian Schultz on to th thwomp you one more time at lowball. I just want to say there's a lot of tumult, a lot of uncertainty in Washington right now. The offense, there's injuries, and there's poor young men playing a child's game for a king's ransom and getting hurt in the process. And one Mr. Ricky Seals Jones. And I went to grade school with a boy named Ricky Seals Jones, by the way, back in 1914. Were there a lot of hyphenated names back in 1914? There were. It's a relic of the 80s. It's, uh, it was a tradition in my neighborhood to not only take your father's last name, but also your mother's. And Ricky Seals Jones was a nice young boy, but he's hurt. And you know who might benefit? And this is not guessing or prognosticating. This is simply knowing that the Lord wants John Bates to score a touchdown this week. And I did go to high school with a John Bates. And most of my picks are just names of players that I grew up with. And I also went to school with a Christian McCaffrey. I know that seems crazy, but Christian McCaffrey. And basically everyone in the NFL now I went to school with. Oh, there's so many modern names, uh, Peter. I feel like there must be some names that are not in the 1914, the polio era is what we call that. No, I used to play hopscotch with Debo Samuel. <laughs> I don't even know where to go <laughs> But uh, the good news, Nana Pete, is that the chat seems to be enjoying it. So I guess your old lady character, we might have to do a full old lady dress for now. You look at what you've roped yourself into. Look at this. This is earning us subscribers. Maybe next week we'll have 40 people watching this stupid show. <laughs> Dane Galloway asking, what was Jameis Winston like in high school? Of course, another another name from the olden days. 
Oh, Jameis Winston and I used to play checkers. Jameis actually carved the pieces with his own bare hands in a piece of lumber. They were beautiful pieces. You couldn't just go to Target and get a checker set. You needed a Jameis Winston <laughs> to make you checkers. So, so he's really more of a woodworker title. Is uh, there would be a town, every town would have a Jameis Winston. It sounds like. Let's just say that those checkers were not the most perfectly shaped. Uh, even back then, Jameis Winston struggled with accuracy. <laughs> okay, and scene. It's an end scene. Oof! It's also hot in here too. Like, I'm, there's a lot of <laughs> lot of barriers to entry, including your old lady character. That I was not prepared for it. I, w I wasn't prepared for it either. There was something I, I tried to get into uh, the gypsy character and I just, I just couldn't get there. So I just I stuck with it. I think it worked, right? Is it time to get Brian on the show? Does he have the link? Welcome <laughs> to the show, Mortgage uh, King. What's going Brian, on, guys? Our boy, Brian F. Schultz. Brian, give him the plug here for yourself. Of course, you are the Mortgage King. You are aspiring to be the lowball king. Uh, but please give everybody your information one more time here. If you did such a great time, uh, such a great showing for us, rather, the last time you were on the show, about uh, two weeks ago, I think it was, right? Three? Like yeah. Um, appreciate you guys having me back, Pete. I know you're a little little skeptical about it. But, you know, I, now I it's mean, time to declare the true king. The thing I'm a little skeptical at is I'm used to just seeing you driving around town with your dog in the back seat. I mean, what's what's the deal? Well, I was already home for this one, so you know, figured I'd be fully set up and ready to roll. Okay. All Brian right. Brian caught wind that we might be doing this today, and he's like, "I just got to take the day off. I got to be ready." Yeah. Have you? Oh. I, I don't know if you heard the top of the show, but I have no chill anymore, and I actually prepared for lowball draft. Does that have you worried? When I found out that I was on, I actually went through and uh, made a couple lineups myself. So, okay, I'm, so, I'm ready. So Spags is absolutely fucked. No, is what we're saying. Fucked here. <laughs> <laughs> and before we get into it, I do have a rules question as well. So oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, do we want to save it because we should do the Thursday night football showdown build first. I think. Oh really? All right, sure. That's I mean, that's normally the foreplay we do to lead into low ball, unless we're going to change it up. Wild, we're doing old lady characters, we're moving segments around. <laughs> Willie Daly, Pete, I don't know. Okay, do it. You, you made the show sheet. Let's stick to the show sheet. All right, Thursday night football showdown <laughs> lineup for everybody here, and then we'll do low ball. The main event of the show will be low ball. So hit that like button for Brian, for old man of Pete, and and James. Every town has a Jameis Winston. That's the thing we learned today. Uh, but let's do the showdown uh, showdown build for Patriots Falcons. And uh, Pete, I guess you, what tournament are you going to put this one in today? I'm putting it in the Millie Maker, boys. But uh, you need, you can't chalk this shit up, Spags. And if you can bring back your gypsy lady to maybe tout Lee Smith, maybe that's the kind of play we need in this lineup. I think Lee Smith is a, a lock play tonight for showdown for the $200 <laughs> uh, fee, rather, that he will be at tonight. But let's see what we're going to do here. And I guess, you know, Brian is the guest. We do let the viewer guest here. Though, Brian, I feel like you've been on the show the second time. It's just I feel like I want to treat you less special this time around. But I still will let you get the first pick here as we build our showdown lineup for tonight's game. Slightly less honored guest. Yeah. Um, and, and if I win again, I know that I'm just never going to be invited ever again. No, um, th this is the thing. The second you go from being on once, like we have to treat you with respect and then you're basically just a co-host and then we just are awful and mean to each other. That's just kind of what happens. Just tear you down <laughs> bit by bit. That's what Pete does to me every single week. So, so I'm in a house with no furniture. Uh, Let's start all right. getting used to it. 
Who's your captain? All right, Brian? so captain hmm. or utility, um, no, or utility. well i have a flex that i'm i'm very keen on but i think it. all right hunter henry he's a lock he's guaranteed a touchdown if not two do you do we get our 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 mortgages are cleared if uh if hunter henry doesn't score what kind of what kind of cash back are we getting here <laughs> um you huh. can't just throw out gold star locks. I mean, you got to get back sure. to the community if you're wrong. No, you're right. Um, I'll send some top shots over. That'll work. Thank you. <laughs> Brian's personally <laughs> offering a $10,000 seller assist to everybody who goes and buys a house through <laughs> Island Mortgage today. And that's a legal guarantee here on Splash. I, want, I also want you to toss in a free refinancing. <laughs> I'll see what right. I can do. I'll talk to the boss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spags, who do you want to do? Um, also, I just got a point on Hunter Henry, 47% of the Patriots receiving touchdowns on the year. So maybe more of a lock for a touchdown than even Zach Pascal, uh, who we know is a lock every week <laughs> in the end zone. Um, I'm going to stick to my word here. I'm going to take Lee Smith. So we'll have a lot of money left to play around here. He's not a captain. He's a utility play that opens up everything else, a world of opportunity if they take Kyle Pitts away. That's what Lee Smith will give you. It honestly doesn't even look that bad. 12.5%. Uh, uh, in the Sims right now. Uh, I'll, I'll pick a captain. Someone has to step up to the plate and do this. Um, I assume Kyle Pitts is going to be the most popular captain. Um, I'm, I'm going to do, if we have Hunter Henry getting that gold star lock touchdown, I'm going to go ahead and put Mac Jones in here. Okay. So, but not a cap. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah. I I clicked over wrong. Okay. You know what? And I will actually know it's Brian. Wait, are we doing snake draft style? I forget how we're doing this. Let's take it. Yeah. You got the specs. So then I will take then another guy who finally got his touchdown last week. We were so overjoyed for him. Jacoby Myers this week keeps that heater going, and he is the reason that Mac Jones is in the captain slot. Uh, Though I do feel like going Nelson Aguilar might be the smarter move, but that's uh, I'm not making the smart move today. Um, Yeah, uh, I did bet the under on Jacoby Myers' uh, 55 and a half receiving yardage prop earlier, so I clearly love this. I'm also willing to downgrade to Aguilar. I will say, if we need the money, I don't think we okay. We can circle back to it. Okay. Uh, Who who is it on now? So I think it'd be Brian now. Okay. Um, sorry, I was just doing a little math on it. Um, not doing math. (laughs) Flex. What really rubbing our faces in it. No, I was trying to see if we had any, enough salary to get up to Matt Ryan, which I don't think we do. Mm. Um, so it sounds like Damian Harris is going to be healthy enough to play, but considering the weird things that Bill Belichick does with all of his running backs, I think Ramondre could still have a game. Yes. So I it is Ramondre season. I love it. We're going back to the Ramondre well. That leaves us with 10-3 here. Um, and I do think... We can definitely leave some salary on the board. Um, if we are, I think we kind of just like lean into this Patriots onslaught. How about this? How about we just play both of them? Damian Harris. I was, I thought that was where you were going. I don't think it's a crazy move, especially like they've been boat racing people lately in a major way. And we know the Patriots love to run the ball if they can. So I think it makes sense. Yeah. All right. We have a five one where Lee Smith scores the two touchdowns for the Falcons on the bring back. I mean, how could this go wrong? Maybe Mike Davis scores one. Lee Smith just gets, you know, like three catches and a touchdown. That's enough to get in. And Mike Davis takes the other touchdown. I feel like that could be the way it goes. Yeah. No, I'm just... you, would, you would need to have Mike Davis if he just scored one touchdown and put up like 20 yards. 
Just you, you want Mike Davis to be. I do. I want him to be in there. <laughs> I want to see him do well for once. I think if ever there were a week, it could happen. It could be this week, but there's the lineup. And and Pete, I know you have some new merch here that does say your 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 famous phrase when we post the lineup on the show. Yes. Yeah. You can uh, now walk around town and alert everyone who sees you not to dupe you with the uh, the don't dupe me bro shirt. So if you want to check out the uh, the show, uh, the store, we also have our splash play gear up there. I saw some people have been buying the splash play beanies and uh, and hoodies. And uh, I've been talking about the hoodies. They are truly very comfortable. So uh, get your merch today. Yeah, tag us on the Deposit Kingdom, too. I saw Willis wore his Splash Play shirt over in Vegas. I know our guy Paul, who was on the show as one of our viewer guests about a month ago, also bought a, a hoodie, too. So uh, let us know. We appreciate the support a bunch, and, and go check it out. We, we've, I love our logo. We've said that time and time again, and now we're finally getting it out there. So go check the link in the description. And uh, Brian, now is the time. I'll give you the floor here to give yourself the plugs before we get to the low ball, because you are the low ball king. You are one of few people who has been able to beat us. I think the only person who's been able to beat us. So uh, take the floor and say whatever you want. Yeah. Um, low ball is something I take incredibly seriously. Um, I would say it is more important to have the low score than the high score. We are truly playing golf here. Um, second Island mortgage. Um, anybody, if you have been hitting hard, give us a call. You can come get your vacation home down in Florida. Um, other than that, um, I know you guys were talking about Jameis earlier. I did actually go to college with Jameis. Um, oh. He is as wild as you would think. So, so, so you were the one who was stealing the crab legs, and you're like, Jameis, it's, it's all, it's all that guy. And then you just left him holding the bag. <laughs> I actually had a bunch of fraternity brothers that worked at that Publix, and uh, apparently he, he was not the first one to do it. So, yeah, that's what I heard. I had that. a friend who went to FSU too, and that was like I had heard through the grapevine. Obviously, I'm not reporting this or anything, and ne neither is Brian either. But I had heard that was a thing that a lot of uh, FSU players did, and Jameis had to be one of the guys that was caught doing it. I heard there was. A I've heard there was a workaround and he didn't like to use it. So we'll leave it at that. Interesting. <laughs> the story of his life, I think, based on the other, <laughs> other things we know of him. Uh, but yeah. either way, either way, let's not slander Jameis Wentz anymore. He is, of course, a town woodworker. <laughs> he was a really nice guy, though. He was a very nice guy. Yeah. I will say yeah. that. He's come uh, a long way, as we have as well with low ball. So let's do our lineup here. Of course, the goal, Pete, is going to be the build the lowest scoring lineup. But we do have some qualifiers that everybody needs to know before we do it. Yeah, I want to hear what uh, the Mortgage King was going to bring up, and then I was going to suggest uh, putting our three names on a wheel and spinning for slots. So if you're Nate, you come up, you get to pick one, two, or three, and then the second one, etc. cetera. Uh, but what were you going to pitch, Brian? All right, well, so my question. So I know if you're playing somebody that's questionable and they don't end up playing, you automatically get dinked with 20 points, right? Yeah. If you play someone that's a backup. So obviously in the instance of a running back or wide receiver tight end, that makes sense, right? You can play somebody that's going to sit on the bench and not really get much work. Yeah. What about at the quarterback position? If they're on the active roster for the day and they don't, they don't get any snaps, can you still play them? So I think the spirit of it and, and why the Taysom Hill thing is allowed is because if they are going to see the field uh, and be involved in a play, then they're, they're fair game. But I think is Trey if, Lance in that category. If if Trey Lance, so I think it goes both ways. If Trey Lance doesn't get on the field and you pick him, I think you take mm -hmm. a zero. If Trey Lance comes on for a snap and gets registers one play in the positive or negative, to me that's fair game. Okay, but if he I've, doesn't I've take a snap, like he should get the twenty. I've always felt like it should be somebody like they have to do something on the field. Like I think if they even put up a like a stone cold zero, that it should be twenty. 
No, but that's what I'm saying. Like if Trey Lance comes on, he rushes for one yard and then doesn't play. Then he's good. Then he's good. Yeah. It would just be if you used him and then he didn't come and play a single play or register a stat. Yes. Yes. Like if he, if he threw an incomplete pass, I don't, I think that should be a 20. Uh, hmm. Cause I think it just has to, it can't be zero flat. I feel like it just makes it easier for us. If it's like zero flat gets you 20. But because if a running back, if a running back came in and they had one carry in for just zero yards and it was just neutral to me, that's, that would be a good play in low ball. Like they would have registered. Whereas like if they get negative two yards, like we would account that it just seems arbitrary. If they come in and play a snap on the field as an offensive skill position player, I think that's fair game. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, I think I'm willing to, to go your, your guys way with it. Cause you are, you are both kings in your own right of low ball. I know with the uh, football outsiders actually do have like a loser league, which does, you know, like legitimate loser scoring. And they have really kind of, I think, aggressive qualifiers just to make sure nobody's like completely flying the system. And it's like, I think you have to have over five touches or something noteworthy like that too. So there's ways we can make it more involved if we want, but I feel like probably the less involved, the better. Yeah, and I do feel like the 20-point penalties have been working out well, and I think that's part of the strategy now of it's a lot of risk to take on one of these questionable guys that might not play. Yeah, that's fair. All right, mm-hmm. spin the wheel, make the deal. Let's do it. All right, so this is this is for uh, selecting our draft slot. So whoever's name comes up here gets to pick which spot they want. Is it going to be <laughs> Brian, you get to pick one, two, or three with the snake draft. Ooh. I'm going to take the three. Okay, he's going to take the three, and then we will spin again here. Spags and I will have the choice between one or two. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> all right, so I, I'm going to go first, and Spags is going to go in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I am going to start with what I still think is the best play on the board, and I do think it's Taysom Hill. I knew you were going to do it. It's been working for you every week, and I can't argue it, but it's 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 frustrating to see you get Taysom one more time. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see what Brian does here. Passing on the taste. It sounds like he has a few uh, picks up his sleeve here. It's over to you though, Spags. All right, let me, hold on, let me get this. Fuck, as the one who didn't do any prep work, now I'm going to be extra panicked here <laughs> trying to figure out how to not make too good of a lineup. Let me sort by my salaries. All right. By right, uh, by next week, it's going to be like a speed chess thing where you, <laughs> you have to make all your picks in 10 seconds. Yeah, we well, need to have the little thing to clock each time. <laughs> all right. For me, I will say who's the worst value here. <sighs> this is not this is a risky one, but it's worked enough times that I'm going to do it one more time. AJ Brown will be my first overall pick. Here goes Spags making a beautiful GPP lineup again. <laughs> Yeah, that last one actually scored pretty well last time out, but we are on to the Mortgage King. Brian, you get two picks in a row, so take who you want. All right, two picks. Um, I'm going to start a quarterback, uh, Trey Lance. All right, here we go. I think he might get out there for a little bit, especially if it's a blowout. He yeah. might get out there to do a little bit, but you know, if he's under 10 points, we'll be good. Um, then next, I think he's going to get on the field, but I think Montgomery back. Um Khalil Herbert is not going to do much at all. So we're going to go Khalil Herbert. I think that's a nice pick. The the Trey Lance play, it's like, it's probably even a bet. If he, if the thesis is correct, it's probably even a better play than Trey Lance. It just has uh, a decent amount of risk there. So I, I love that play. Uh, Spags. 
Also, John, I know you answered the question in chat, but John Warner asking 45K minimum salary. It is, in fact, 49.5 is the minimum salary we have here. So if you're playing along with your friends, playing your own lowball tournaments, make sure to keep that in mind as well. Um, for me, I'm going to take a guy who seems like he's fallen out of favor. I mentioned that his uh, backfield cohort will be, in, I think, the Millie Maker winning lineup. I will take Adrian Peterson. I think he's losing relevancy. Yeah. Um, Jeremy McNichols didn't practice. Mm-hmm. Um today so that um that could be interesting uh but yeah it does seem like Deontay Foreman is the preferred option there um all right so now I get to snake here and I think I am going to lean into my you know what this is what we're gonna do we are gonna go doubles double eagles running back it seems like Miles Sanders should be back and I'm gonna go with Gainwell and Howard here. I have to use okay. some salary after this, but um, those guys looked like uh, nice low ball points per dollar plays. Back. I'm surprised to- you didn't go Boston Scott over Howard. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, you made the choice you made. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna begrudge it. What is what is um, Scott's price? Forty nine. Yeah. I think uh, that's a great pick if you want it, Spags. <laughs> no, I will not go in that way. I will not leverage against your pick. Um, I will take, I'm going to take Marquez Callaway at wide receiver, I think will be, I almost took him on my turn there and I thought maybe he would make it back. That's a nice pick. Thank you. I do look, I'm, I'm due for one every now and then Brian, you get two. Also, Brian, you're muted just in case you don't know. Sorry about that. Um, I was debating Callaway as well. Um, I'm going to go with another wide receiver who I think is just continuing to lose share. Um, Adam Thielen. Ooh, okay. It's going to be a Jefferson week again. He's going to get one or two catches, but much. I like Um, it. And then it pains me to do this, but I'm going to pay it again. Not all the way for Kelsey this time, though. Um, I'm going to go Darren Waller. Oh, yeah. The, the the Waller pick just feels so like binary. It. It's gross. I mean, his yeah. game logs have been... He, he is a good low ball pick if you're trying to... The 6.4 last week. Um, yeah. All right. I will take another guy I think is just overpriced this week, and I will hope that um, in a divisional game, he won't come through. Justin Jefferson leveraging against Brian's pick as it works out so well for me every time. I just got to keep doing it. So Justin Jefferson, step on down. Man, uh, I, I'm going to be tossing this lineup in a GPP. It's looking pretty nice to me, Spags. Um, Actually, one oh, of them yeah. will win one, I, I'm pretty sure, with how my low ball's been running. So I am going to uh, I'm going to do Zach Ertz again. I did him last week. He just always seems a little too pricey, and I know Kyler should be back, so he could theoretically burn me, but I like that at 4,800. And then I am going to keep loading up on Eagles, and – the one kind of higher price wide receiver, uh, Devonta Smith, looks a little too pricey to me now at 6,400. He only had four targets or four catches last week. He just happened to turn him into two touchdowns. So we will we will fade Devonta in this spot. All right, interesting. I hope that game shoots out is what I would say. I'll take a guy that should negatively uh, be affected by Nick Chubb returning, and hopefully Nick Chubb actually does return. Dearness Johnson, it's too expensive. He's going to be the backup running back at 5,600, so he's going to be... 
my second running back here. You know, he was on my short list, and then I started to get a little mm-hmm. spooked if for some reason uh, Chubb doesn't go because he would just be an absolute smash uh, against Detroit. I'm just really getting out of the way of the two kings here. I mean, I, I've won a low ball tournament here and there too, but I have not established no. myself as well as you two have. So I think I think Callaway and Johnson were were very good picks. Thank, thanks, thanks, yeah. Pete. Oh, look, nice things here. It's like a little. Your other ones were <laughs> awful, but those two were good. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And John, Brian, Johnson could be doing? dangerous. Well, Johnson could be dangerous because we still. Saw him getting goal line touches with Chubb even in the lineup. Yeah. So yeah. No, you're right. But, I'm taking on some risk. Yeah. I always do here on low balls. I nobody else has the balls to play Kamara and Dalvin Cook in low ball. This <laughs> guy. No one else has the balls to not play the game right. <laughs> the uh, balls and the lack of brains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to two picks oh, yeah. here. All right. Um, I'm sticking with the backup running backs. Truly matter in low ball. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. Ooh, yep. Didn't you did you do that pick a couple of weeks ago, or was that yes. our, our, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did it a couple of weeks ago because it was uh, CMC's first week back. Yeah. All right, and then I Pete, I'm joining you on the Philly train. Um, I'm gonna go Quez Watkins. Nice. That was actually Tuttle's terrible take on the swole cast here, so it will either be. And I realize it's dangerous. I've played him a lot this year though, and he hasn't done much. So. Yeah. The, the thing, it, it is tough, like, in the sub-4,000 range. I mean, most of those guys look pretty decent. Uh, so you now have 6,000 to use across your last three spots. Uh, Spags, you have 4,600. If, if Spags does one thing, well, it's chewing through salary early because now you can really kind of just punt it off. Yeah, James O'Day saying this is my worst low ball yet. I don't Is that a, in a good way, in a bad way? It's hard to tell. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's, it's in a bad way. <laughs> oh, well. I, I suppose, you know what? Uh, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lean in too much. Um, I'll take a guy that I do like, and I've defended a lot on this show, but I think in this particular matchup, I'm hoping he doesn't come through. Justin Fields at QB will be my pick. All right. Uh-oh. We got bad Justin Fields this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, quarter, quarterback is really tough if you're not. Mm. I, I think I probably, the other guy I was going to do if I didn't get... Um, Taysom was a uh, Heineke uh, or not Heineke. Sorry. Uh, Simeon. Um, mm. But we Flacco uh, also not a bad choice this week too. Yeah. I could just see that game being like a, a weird shootout. Um, all right. I am going to the Colts defense looked pretty mispriced up here at 3000 on the road at Buffalo. I did not like that uh, price for them. I, I doubt that anyone is going to be playing them in DFS at that price tag either. So I will get my Colts defensive exposure here i am gonna have to chew through some salary though because i've gone pretty cheap um i'm gonna go back to a guy i do go to a lot and that is uh terry mclaurin here at seven thousand. Hmm. yeah terry's been overpriced for a lot of the year i think i might be in tr- i think i might have backed myself into a, a corner here though i'm a little i have to use a little bit more salary than i want to I will take. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go to tight end for myself next, and I will. Boy, this is a tough one. Um, I'm gonna take Mark Andrews here in the hopes that he will not 
he'll continue to lose some workload with Bateman in the mix, with Watkins and all everybody else there who can get touches over him. But I think this is one of the riskier plays I have. I was thinking Hawkinson with Tim Boyle out there, but Tim Boyle might just throw ten checkdowns to Hawkinson, and that that does scare me. I love I love the correlation on the bring back when Justin Fields shoots out. You got Mark Andrews coming back. I mean, another great GPP. <laughs> Look, my my low ball lineups are great GPP lineups as long as the guys actually play. That's the <laughs> one thing I fucked up my lineups with recently. Ryan, what do you want for your two picks in a row? All right, um, Spags, I'm going to take a little leverage off of you. Um, and as the true lowball king, I have to go for the drop king, uh, Marquise Brown. Ooh. All right, he was on my list. And Pete, you I did was... sign me with Terry McLaurin, so got to bring it back. That's right. And uh, all right, so now you have 5500 here. Uh, you're kind of in a similar spot as me. We're going to have to spend some money here. All right. Um, hmm. Let's see. All right, here's what we're going to do. Um, I think last week was insane. I don't even know how it happened. Um, we're going to go DeAndre Swift. Ooh, okay. That's a risk. I think but Jamal be- Williams back could be a thing. Yeah, Jamal Williams back. And whoever those other two running backs were, I don't even remember their names that were going off while he was doing nothing. So. Gotcha. So that means uh, when we come back around, you will have to uh, use one of these top three defenses to reach your your salary threshold. There. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Wait, wait. So what were to happen? What would happen if Brian somehow couldn't get? I guess he, there's enough defense there. But what if we blocked him where then he couldn't hit the minimum? Like, is that a, is that a part of the game? Is that part of the meta game of low ball? Um. Yeah, but there's only question. three of us. Yeah, I think it'd be tough. I feel like it should be a twenty or a twenty point penalty if you don't hit the minimum. If 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 you run into, you're saying if you just in general, I think if you run into a dead end with your lineup where you can't fulfill the requirements, mm-hmm. twenty seems a little prohibitive. That's just the barrier for everything. Guy doesn't play twenty. All right, yeah. All right. fair. Yeah, okay, fair. so this is not not something that'll matter this week, but for the future, I think something a wrinkle to keep in mind here. Um, I'm gonna try to go in the four K range. Who's a guy who's going to play a little, but not enough? Um, I'm going to take Dario Gubawale here at 4K in my flex spot. This is the one thing because Fags chews up the sour. He does always get to get like a true dust ball uh, in his light up here. It's the part of my strategy that works. Everything else, not so much. Okay. All right. I don't, I don't love this spot that I am in now. Um, how much is... Yeah, that's going to be tough. So I'm trying to debate if I want to go like a high low, like Marvin Jones look like a solid uh, pick to me here, but that would, I would really have to spend up uh, elsewhere. Or do I just want to middle this here with like two 72? I'm tilting about Marquise Brown uh, mortgage King because uh, I wanted to, to take him. Um, let's see here. All right, I'm going to do one that is extremely dangerous, and it is correlated with my defensive play here. I love Jonathan Taylor, um, but on the road here at Buffalo, feels like it could be a a pretty big Naheem Hines game if they were to get down. So that's my scary pick, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I now need to spend uh, $5,600 or more. Let's see what that leaves me with. Also, Brian might be the mortgage king. He is not the acoustics king. <laughs> I will see that. Whatever's going on. Is there somebody just chewing aluminum foil behind you? Is that 
Oh no, um, my parents are working in the bathroom. So <laughs> how dare they? Don't, don't they know you're on a show and you're trying to make a career for yourself as a lowball tout? Uh, I'm gonna put in Christian Kirk as uh, as my last guy here, and uh, hope uh, DeAndre Hopkins comes back and he isn't as good as he's been. So there. Now we're going back to uh, Spags for 2,500 or more defense. Yeah, I'm just going to go, oh, you know what? There's a good defense here I can take. One of the highest total games of the week. The Dallas Cowboys defense at 2,800 will be my defense. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, And now three defensive options here. All right, so yeah, I'm going to go... Hmm. This is tough. Um, I'm going to go with the Dolphins. They seem to be the only ones that really can't get anything done out of that trio. So, All right. I feel like all of us uh, found – I don't know about you. I will fully admit I did not like how my last two picks ended. I normally go with kind of the higher price guys earlier, and it's a little easier to maneuver from there as opposed to I, – I was not planning to do Jonathan Taylor. How do you feel about your uh, lineup, Mortgage King? Um, I'm actually flipping around on it right now. And I really wish I would have gone up to like Michael Gallup. Um, cause then that could have put me, I could have gone to like the Eagles or the saints as a defense, which I think could have been good. So. Yeah. And Spags, what's your postmortem? I mean, I think I did the same thing I usually do where I took on some really risky receiver plays <laughs> that could put up 50 or could put up five. And I think that's, it's always been my ethos. The one thing I did do differently this week is I did not spin up a running back. I'm trying to take the volatility at receiver and those price yeah. tags a little bit more, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm competing against two legends here of low ball. I'm just a, a mere peasant here. Who's only won one or two rounds of this. Yeah. Uh, I think you did take on probably the most risk uh, of all of us here, but uh this was good, Brian. We will we will see. I feel like our lineups are pretty similar. Obviously, the Trey Lance thing for you is is a big make or break for this one. Yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens with it. But I will say though, I think if if Spags ends up winning this, we need to have a, a final grudge match to declare who the true king is. I think we can do a tournament <laughs> of champions. I know you suggested that at some point on Twitter, Brian. I feel like maybe at the end of the year we bring in everybody who was able to beat. Uh, Pete and myself, I feel like back on and we could do one bigger round. That seems fair, right? Pete? It seems, I mean, just be careful. Cause I can tell what Brian's doing. You're going to, he's going to be sending you an invoice for his appearances here. If you don't watch out, he's going to get on the edge for its payroll. <laughs> everybody come on board. We just got, we're publicly listed now. We can <laughs> hire everybody. And we got Yeah. Bible book club did a $20 super chat here. Pete asking to make a million line. I feel like we can do it on tomorrow's show with Cooter doodle. Yeah, let's uh we'll make a Millie because we got our Millie Maker lineup in for tonight's showdown. We'll build one. Thank you. That was very nice of you, Bible Book Club. Uh appreciate that. We will build uh, a Millie Maker lineup with Cooter Doodle tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow on the show, 2:30 Eastern. We will be back doing the ride or die picks for every single game, catching up with Cooter Doodle, who you should be following at Cooter Doodle as well. And follow at Splash Play Pod, follow at Chris Specs, follow at Peter Overzet. And now, Brian, give the floor is yours. Give yourself the plugs that you want here. Of course, your Twitter is am I remembering Brian F. Schultz one? Is that it? Yep. Yeah, that's hey, it. Hey, look at this guy. Look at yeah. drugs have not totally addled my brain. Brian, what else do you want to say here for your <laughs> plugs? Um yeah, I mean, the usual, you know, give me a call if anybody needs a mortgage. Um, or if you need any lowball advice, hit me up on Twitter. Happy to help. Um, and if I can throw in at least one pick for the Millie Maker, Jamar Chase, I don't understand how he's 7,100. It's insane. He, yeah. The guy should be 8,000 easily. 
yeah, he's a good play. So he is a right. good play for sure. Pete, what are your plugs here? I'm sure you'll be doing a showdown cram coming up later today. Yep, I'll be doing a showdown cram uh, tonight around 7.30. Excited for this slate because I feel like we're going to have some good inactive news, you know, between the Cordell Patterson stuff. I'm curious to see if Johnny Smith is going to play, see if we get any kind of hints about the Patriots backfield. Uh, always like when there's a lot of news to shake things up. Also, Sim, if you want to tell some bets for me, I'm not going to tweet them out because I feel like I'm, I don't want to be there in my life yet. But Paul George under 9.5 rebounds, Desmond Bain under 3.5 rebounds, Dylan Brooks over 1.5 three-pointers. These are some of the bets I'll be doing today on various sportsbooks. Pete, I'm sure you're excited for this stage of our show right, to start listing bets that I'm going to be making. Keep going. We all love <laughs> you just yelling random names of people I went to school with in numbers. It's great for of course, all of us. The town black. Blacksmith, Nikola Jokic, under 0.5 blocks. <laughs> oh, that boy plays so dirty. I don't like what he did to that Moorish brother. <laughs> and uh, Iceman saying the final thing we need to take away today. No need to cram. Just put in Lee Smith. That is the <laughs> move for the show. Now, Pete's going to spend a half hour today just talking about Lee Smith. I think that's the goal. Just land the plane so I can <laughs> press the outro. <laughs> All right. We appreciate you guys for watching. Follow at Peter Overs at follow at Chris Bax. Follow at Brian F. Schultz. One, we'll be back tomorrow at 2.30 with Cooter Doodle. So come tune in then. We'll see you guys then. Good luck.